This is Shauna Lopez, and you are entering the Seriously Shauna Experience, an Ultimate Christian Podcast Network production. Well, hello, Shaunanigans. How are you? Welcome to the Seriously Shauna Podcast. I am your host, Shauna Lopez. We are so glad you are here. Did you know that we are a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network? I hope that you do. We are, and we are coming to you from the Seriously Shauna Studios. Listen, y'all, I have got so much content today, I'll be honest. It's going to take us a while to get through it. It's going to be a longer than normal episode, probably. So brace yourself. It may be a two-parter for you, but it's going to get good. Now, I need to preface everything by saying later in the episode, there might be some sensitive content discussed. I'm not getting ready to be inappropriate, nothing like that. But if you have younger listeners, listener discretion is advised. I'm going to be talking about some very sensitive issues. And so I just want to throw that out there. It's going to be a different episode today, y'all. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to have some cries today. Woo, we're going to get through it together now. I'm getting ready to get on with it. Listen, I got some news to share with y'all. If you're friends with me on social media, you follow me on social media. I'm on the Facebook, the Instagram, the YouTube, all that kind of stuff. I don't use Twitter. I have an, I don't use it. So other than to uh, like other people's stuff, that's all I do. So you can follow me on Twitter if you want to. However, I have posted that I have, y'all hear me, I have a hair appointment in, uh, what, Four Sleeps this Saturday, y'all. This Saturday, this coming Saturday, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I have a hair appointment. I am so beside myself excited. I have a teenage son. I'm like, so all my, my sons have gotten their hair cut. Except my oldest son. He is holding out. He's like, they are making me wear a mat. I refused to give up my liberties. I'm not getting a haircut until I don't have to wear a mask when I go in. Ooh, take a stand. Hey, you do what you want. You want to wear a mask? You feel more comfortable? That's fine. But my son is taking a stand. I say, right on. Do what you got to do, my friend. I support you 100%. You look like a hippie. But if you can live with it, so can I. But here's what I is what happened. So I've told y'all before. I don't want to dwell on this too much. I want to beat y'all to death with this. But I told y'all before. You know, I had the blonde hair. Y'all seen all my social media. You seen my pictures. Blonde, spiky hair. But let me tell you something. The blonde is nearly gone in my hair. That's how much it's grown in this kind of. Okay, it's nearly gone. I was supposed to get a haircut in color. The week they shut everything down. You understand? So that's what? The third week in March, do you hear me? And y'all know if you got naturally brown hair and you were supposed to get it cut and colored the third week of March, and here we are, what? Going to be the third week of May? You hear what I'm saying? Do you understand what's on top of my head? So the blonde is nearly gone. So here is the question. Here, we got a hair pole. It's going to be up on my social media. I want y'all to participate. I need your input. This is for real. Because I'm thinking about going real, real short and one of the little cute little 
professional looking, look cute, tailored, classic pixies. You hear me? And I'm also thinking about going back to my natural color, y'all. Now, listen, it's only, it's going to be what it was naturally uh, 20 years ago. You hear me? Because natural today, uh uh-uh. Natural today, it looks like my grays are like a yard where the weeds have taken over. That is the grays in my hair right now. They have just taken over a full assault on every piece of color in my hair. So when I say my natural color, I'm talking about my natural color 20 years ago, okay? I'm struggling with that because y'all know when the grays come through, especially when you got short hair, the gray's going to show sooner. So, ugh, y'all, it's hard. Do I stay blonde or do I just go back to the natural? Y'all, poll, answer. I want to hear you sound off. You can find me on social media. You can email me at Shauna at SeriouslyShaunaPodcast.com. I want to hear from you. I am not kidding, y'all. I want to hear from you. I, so you at, someone asked me, why? Are you going so short, Shauna? I mean, your hair is growing out. You can put a little curl in it now. Things like that. Let me tell you. I have learned a lot in the quarantine. And one thing I have learned, I don't want to take uh, 45 minutes to fist my hair no more. Uh-uh. The thought of having to use a curling iron on my hair again, forget it. Okay? I am full-on old lady right now. I'm going super short because it takes the least amount of time to fix my hair. It's true. It's why I'm doing it. It's why I'm doing it. Let me, I've also learned that a smart, comfortable shoe is everything. You hear me? That's what I've learned in the quarantine. Like, super short hair, easy. Do it. That's what everyone my age should have. I'm telling you the truth. And you should always have a smart shoe. Let me tell you, one time years ago, I, would, I had noticed, first of all, my grandmother... God rest her soul, wore those sash shoes. Y'all know which ones I'm talking about. Your grandmama's sash shoes. And I had been seeing my grandma wore them all the time. She had them in a couple of colors. You know, the, she had them in the taupe, right? She had them some brown ones. Remember back in the day, the nurses used to wear the white ones all the time. And I would think, why are they wearing those shoes? Those are awful. But I happened upon a sass shoe store one time. I didn't know there was a shoe store that sold them. I thought it was just a brand. No, no, no. It's a whole thing. You hear me? I said, I'm getting ready to go up in here. I'm going to see what the big deal is. And my, my grandmother's shoes that she wore and had several pairs of, mind you, those babies were over $200 a pop. Grandma! She was spending over $200 a pop. And let me explain to you, it's worth every dime. Those are the most comfortable shoes I ever put on my feet. Yes. Now, I didn't buy any. But I will tell you, when I am of the age to wear shoes like that, I am buying those shoes. I've also learned in a quarantine that I will... Always wear leggings because leggings, I feel like, are the elastic waistband pants of the new generation. You hear me? Like back in the day, my grandmother, you know what I'm talking about, the polyester elastic pants. My grandmother wore those everywhere, had every color. And I was like, ooh, grandmama, why are you wearing those? 
they're comfortable. They didn't, they didn't hinder you. They didn't pinch you. They glided on, glided off, just like a legging. The legging is a modern-day polyester elastic waistband pants. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not. So I've learned these things. So I, that's why I'm going to get super short hair. My hair's already short, but you understand. I'm going to get super short hair, but I need a hair pole. Should I stay blonde or go back blonde? Listen, we're going to have to start from scratch either way. You hear what I'm saying? We have to start from scratch either way. Which way am I going? I want your input. I'm asking for your input. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Amen? Yes. Woo. So this week, y'all, gyms open back up. Gyms opened. Boy, my gym, you got to wear gloves and a mask. What? Uh, we're all going to die. If I have to wear a mask at the gym, I'm going to die. Can you imagine all them people breathing in their morning breath in their face mask? Ooh. Woo. Now, some of y'all, hey, wear your mask because I don't want to breathe you either. I mean, it's a give and take. I, uh, I have some neighbors up and around in my neighborhood, and they have these signs in their yard, and they have all different kinds. Say, kindness, listen to what it says. Kindness is not canceled. You hear me? Ugh. It says kindness. They have one that says joy is not canceled. Love is not canceled. I'm like, uh-uh. No, it ain't canceled, but it's furloughed. You hear me? Quarantine is furloughed. Kindness is furloughed. Ooh those signs out of your yard ain't nobody vandalized them yet but uh, the loved one and a joy one they're gone I don't know what happened to them the only ones left is a kindness that's the only ones left hmm mm. says something doesn't it yeah so I'm getting back to it y'all I'm getting back to it. I'm going back to the gym because it's open now so I'm going back but I you know I've been doing a little bit here and there let me tell you something I'll tell you you know, and, and, and as I've said before, listener discretion is advised. But I, I used to be in good shape. Hey, stop it. I know y'all heard that before. In fact, I made fun of people who said that before. But this is true. I used to be in shape. I used to take it seriously. I used to even compete in races, triathlons, marathons. I'm, not, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I used to do it. And... Last year, about this time, you know, I'm in the racing season. I'm doing what I'm gearing up for racing season because racing season starts about right April-ish. About April-ish, sometimes into March, April-ish. Then it moves all the way in, and I finish typically in December with the Dallas Marathon. I run it every year. Last year was my first year not to run it in a long, long time. And so I remember about this time last year, I went in because I have a, I have a GYN, I know I said it, y'all heard me, I have a GYN who is so wonderful and thorough, and she has all these records she keeps, so when's the last time you went for this checkup, when's the last time you had this test done, she wants to know when did you get your cholesterol checked, when did you, are you, do you need a mammogram, do you need a, uh, colonoscopy all this stuff right she is on it and asked me every single time so that said I knew I hadn't had my mammogram I was like oh I better go get that before she asked because she gonna ask me I know she is so for her sake I went and did it now listen 
That's not to say some of y'all do not get memory. I get that is your choice. I support you 100%. I got the mammogram, okay? And so I went in just for a routine mammogram. But let me tell you something. I don't know if y'all have ever been, you know, when you have a mammogram, ooh, okay, we don't need to discuss it. But I could tell, I, I, when I was in there, and I try not to read into things because I can make something into nothing or nothing into something. But I could tell by the look on the tech's face that this was not a routine mammogram. You hear me? I knew. Now, I had this test on a Wednesday morning, and I put it out of my mind, tried not to think about it. You know, we can sometimes do, we can sometimes become obsessed with that, right? And I tried to buy, it's okay. It's okay. Until I got the call Friday morning at 11 o'clock that it wasn't okay. Now, they, they're always very vague. They obviously don't want to go into details with you on the phone, but they tell you, We've seen some something that we something that we want to investigate further. Ooh, that's a call you never want to get. Amen. We don't. We don't, but I was having it. I was hearing these words. And the little girl, God bless her soul. The little girl on the other end of the phone said, We could probably get you in next week sometime. And I was like, oh da 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 da. Hope, stop right there. Where can I go today? You hear me? Where can I go today? Because understand, this was on a Friday morning. I'm not getting ready to go a full weekend or week growing this in my head, not knowing what it is. You hear me? Are you like this? Do you do that? It was not happening. And I live in the North Texas area, the DFW area. There are places, there are hundreds of places to go for this follow-up. So you tell me, young, sweet little lady whose fault this is not, where can I go? So God bless her. She looked and clicked and clicked and clicked and clicked and clicked and clicked. And she finally got me in somewhere that was probably an hour and a half away from where I lived to go for a follow-up sonogram. Because that's the next step, Right? If you are of the age to have to have mammograms, the next step when they find something wonky is a sonogram. Now, let me preface this by saying I have had to do that before. I have had them say, oh, we're not sure if it's dense tissue, what it is. I have, I get a lot of cysts. If you drink caffeine, which I drink coffee in the morning, I don't drink soda, but I do drink coffee. And so that can cause you to get a lot of cysts. And I have had them. And I've had a lot of them. So I wasn't too terribly nervous at this point. I go in that afternoon for the sonogram. And typically when I have gone in the past, it's probably happened two other times. I've done the sonogram. They say, oh, it's a cyst. It's dense tissue. You're good. That did not happen. I had never experienced that before. I had never experienced them not reassuring me that everything was okay. They couldn't because it wasn't. We didn't know exactly what we were dealing with, but we knew it wasn't what we had in the past. Now, I don't want to bog us all down in the details, 
but they wanted to schedule me. They sent me right next door, across the hall, to a, a breast surgeon. And we were going to get the, the biopsy schedule because that was that's the next step, how to get a biopsy. We didn't know what it was at this point. Let me tell you something, though. That surgeon took one look at me. He was like, I, I'll be honest. I really don't think I can do a biopsy on what you got going. Hey, I know it is not a lot to work with, doctor. Okay, but you do what you got to do. You get yourself in there and you figure this out. You hear me? Well, they scheduled me for the following Monday to come in for this. So here's what they got to do. I need to break it down, James Brown. Before they do a biopsy, they have to put inside you what's called a marker. So they shoot something. You listen to me. They shoot something into your breast tissue that is a marker for where the questionable mass is found. That is to guide the surgeon when he goes in for the biopsy, making sure he gets to the right spot. So it's like, it's basically an X marks the spot. He didn't think that he's going to be able to do this because of my uh, tissue wasn't big enough. Ooh, that's hard to hear, y'all. But it's true. It's true. So that was going to happen on a Monday. I get there on the Monday. He could not do it. So the surgeon tells me, that's what he said to me. Well, it's, we're going to do your biopsy Wednesday, we'll just, Wednesday, which was two days from then, and we'll just give it our best shot. What, what, you going to give what your best shot? Uh-uh. uh-uh. So I, in distress, call one of my dear friends, who I love very much. Her husband happens to be a doctor and happens to be in a very impressive position with a hospital organization locally. And I called her up and she said, you know what? Her husband said, you need to go see this, this doctor. And let me tell you, I called this doctor. Because, you know, oh, back over here, we give it our best shot, doctor. Uh, what? Ooh, nope. I need a second opinion from you. So I go and call this other doctor, and she gets me in the very next morning. She squid, and I had to be there at like seven in the morning because she was going to see me before everyone else. She literally squeezed me in, and she took one look at me and she said, "You know what? I want you to walk right across the hall. You're going to get a sonogram, and they're going to try to get those markers in." Same, you understand what I'm saying? I instantly knew, you're the one for me, lady. You are the one for me. So I went over. She recommended this radiologist. He was a wonderful, very kind man. He showed me everything. He told me something totally different than what the other surgeon and stenographer told me. Do you hear me? Second opinions are very important. However, he did say there is something new here that's not on your previous mammograms. Something that is not reading as a cyst that we do need to biopsy and figure out what it is. Ooh, y'all, that's hard. That, I will tell you, from the bottom of my heart, there are very few things that will cut you like hearing those words. 
but I trusted. You, you know how the Lord will just put people in your life that you just instantly go, I believe you and I trust you to do this. So a couple of days later, they had me scheduled. And this doctor went right. Now, hey, it was not without his challenges because you know what he had to work with? He had prepubescent girl to work with. You hear what I'm saying? I said it. I know. I'm sorry. But that's what he was working with. You hear me? So, but he, this man got in with his whole team. We had two other assistants in there, some nurses. And he got these markers in. Because you get the markers in the day before you go in for the biopsy. So I had the, he, he was able to get the markers perfectly placed. And I was scheduled for a biopsy the very next day. Woo, y'all. It was a hard week. So th this is about a week's period of time. All this is happening all at once. All I did was go for my routine mammogram. And here I am living in an alternate universe. Instantly. Instantly. So I show up for the biopsy. It's a surgery. You go under for it. It's a surgery. They, they do have to make incisions. They do remove tissue from you. They do send it off for testing. And the testing takes about a week. I'll, I'll never forget, you know, that radiologist came in and the surgeon, the new surgeon who I love came in and just held my hand. And the nurses were so wonderful because I'm crying. I'm not blubbering. But I, my tears going down my face are uncontrolled. I, I, I can't stop it. Because you are literally facing the rest of your life. And we're all facing that to some degree. Yes, amen. But sometimes God allows us to come face to face with it. And that's where I was. That's where I was. You know, waiting for the call, for the results. Oh, it was a week. And the surgeon was very, very kind and very gracious in saying, it will be at least a week. And as soon as they come in, I will personally call you. Exactly one week later on a Friday night is about six o'clock, y'all. I was like, oh, my goodness. And there was the call. She calls me and she says, Shauna, I got a couple things I need to discuss with you. Okay, get it out. First, the tissue that we tested was benign. What? That's when your body, you want to let that go, right? You want to rejoice. She said it was benign, but there it is. You know, we're always looking for that relief. We're always looking for the benign and I can let it go and I can breathe a sigh of relief. And that's what I was waiting for. But I didn't exactly get that because I got benign, but. And let me explain to you the but. So she went on to tell me, and I had to write it down because I had no idea, never heard it. But I, they found in my tissue, in my breast tissue that was tested, they found a substance that's called atypical lobular hyperplasia. Atypical lobular hyperplasia. So they find this in my duct, in my, in my uh, breast tissue. And what this typically signifies is you do not have cancer today, but you likely will in the future. So much so that I went from almost no risk of breast cancer 
to the high-risk category in a phone call. In one phone call, that's what happened to me. So once I took that in, we scheduled an appointment, I met with her, and these are basically my options when this substance is found in your breast tissue. Hey, this is educational for you. I want you to hear it because this may be you at some point. The first option of three was I could get an MRI and a mammogram every six months for the rest of my life. You hear what I'm saying? They would check me for, for breast cancer, new developments, and I would have to go through what I just went through every six months, an MRI, which are invasive, as you know, a mammogram. This is very extensive. And I have to tell you, that couple of weeks that I was have to of wading through all that stuff that I went through, the thought of having to do those two things every, those things every six months for the rest of my life, y'all, I would be alive, but that's not living to me. Is it to you? Maybe you're better. Maybe you can put it out of your mind. I couldn't. I'd be feeling every time. What's that? What is that? Is, what, you, you know, I, I could not live that way. So, frankly, option one was off the table from the very beginning. Option two was a specific medication that they give to women in this position and to women that have had breast cancer, uh, to women that are at high risk for breast cancer. They give this particular medication. There is only one. There is only one medication. And here is what I was told. It is a medication that they give to you and they have to adjust it because it will do all kinds of nonsense to your body, your hormones, your mood, your weight, all of those things can go up and down and up and down until they find the exact right dosage. A, that's horrendous. And every doctor across the board said to me, it is terrible until they figure it out, right? However, a side note is I also have three clotting disorders that you didn't ask about, but I do, and I take a blood thinner for that. Every day for the rest of my life, I have to do that. Now, this medication that they offered was a medication that is contraindicative, meaning it caused blood clots. Therefore, I, being on a blood thinner, was ineligible for this medication. Strike two. And finally, my third and really only option, frankly, at this point, was a double mastectomy. Oh, that's heavy. I will tell you, I wrestled with that. I wrestled with what, am I really going to do this? Is this, you know, it, can I live with these every six months tests or do I want the peace of mind that a less than 3% chance of breast cancer to develop with a double mastectomy, right? I go from high risk to almost no risk. One surgery. In the end, I talked, I got a third opinion. I talked with a breast oncologist. This literally is this size, the third guy. And he's explaining the medication and he's explaining the options. And 
He also explained that I was contraindicative, and so he said, I cannot tell you what to do, but I can tell you if you were my wife, I would tell you to have the surgery. Point blank looked me in the eye and said that. So for me, that's sealed. That's the end of it. That's what I'm doing. It. On a lighter note, I do have to tell you, my husband and I discuss it, of course. And my husband says, Shauna, you know I love you, but you having this surgery, you having a double mastectomy, you ain't going to look that different. I'm being honest. Oh. He's right, though. He, he, he is right. Can I interject a story? Because one time, remember I told you I did all these races. I did. I was into it. And I used to even win. You hear me? I used to even win. And so I told, I, I posted a picture on social media one time of me up on the box. So, you know, you've seen the boxes. They had the first, second, third place, right? And they give you your prizes and your medal, and they take a picture of you. Well, I was number one up on the box. I won this particular triathlon. I'm up on the box, and I post a picture online. Now, you know, I'm in this, uh, it's kind of, a, it's a racing suit for triathletes. So it's kind of a swimsuit, bike shorts, all it zips up. It's like a onesie, right? It's like a onesie for athletes, okay? And I had a hat and sunglasses on whatnot. I'm on top of this. I'm smiling big, right? I'm happy. And I posted it, and then I was at church a couple weeks later, and this person shall remain nameless. Came up to me and said, hey, y'all, I saw that picture you posted. I didn't know your son did races. Well, you, he did, y'all. He did. He said that to me. So basically, I am built like a 15-year-old boy at the time. <laughs> yeah, he did. So. Back to, yes, my husband said it won't look that different. He's right. He's right. And I told my surgeon, I said, I, you know what? I don't care. Vanity is not in it. That's not even a part of it for me. But it is for some women. Some women struggle because they believe it is a part of their femininity. I understand that. I get that. For me, it was a no-brainer. I didn't have to think about it. It was life or death situation. This could save my life. At some point, I'm taking this road because I will be here, Lord willing, for my children, and I will do what I got to do to make that happen. So the surgery was scheduled. The surgery was scheduled, y'all. Now, that was some time. So that happened in August of last year. It was scheduled. Uh, that's when we scheduled it, but it the surgery itself was set for October 9th of last year. Yes, you heard me. This has only been seven months ago that I had this surgery. So I'm going through all this that whole year, ups and downs. I scheduled it for October 9th because that was a day that we were off from our homeschool co-op. You hear me? It's what I did. I taught I didn't want to miss for my students because I love them. I didn't want to miss for my children. So I scheduled this life-altering surgery for a day that we were on a break. That's what I did. And so that surgery was scheduled. Now, in the lead-up to that, I had to do all kinds of tests and preps and all this kind of stuff. And I was having some GI issues. 
And I went into the doctor, and do you know what? These people at this doctor, she was like, well, I'm not for sure. I think this is what it is, but I'm not for sure. So they made me go get an MRI of my abdomen the day before my double mastectomy surgery. This happened to me, y'all. You want to talk about trauma? Woo! You know, you feel it piling on, y'all. God walks you through it, but it doesn't mean it isn't heavy. God carries love. I liken it to this. I cannot imagine someone walking this road, carrying this load by themselves. It was so hard and so heavy and so deep for me. And God was carrying the load. You hear me? Y'all pray for those who do not know the Lord because they are carrying these burdens all by themselves and they don't have to. So I had this MRI the day before my surgery and the results came in. Listen where I was. I'm at this surgery. I have the double mastectomy. It was on a Wednesday. I wake up in my hospital room already. I, I, wouldn't, I was just probably an hour, maybe two out from this major surgery. And this surgery took all morning. I mean, you know, it's, they didn't have all that much tissue to remove, but it, it's still, it's invasive. It is, it, it, it is traumatic. It is large. It is, in, it is overwhelming. And while I'm in recovery in my room, my cell phone rings. And it's the results from the MRI from the day before. And the little girl on the phone said, Miss Lopez, we, uh, I hate to tell you this. I know where you are and what's happening. But they found some issues, and they're going to need to take a closer look at your liver. This is the honest truth, y'all. This all happened. So they give me a name. I have to wait on the, the liver specialist to contact me. Meanwhile, I'm going home. I'm going to be honest. The recovery was a bear. You have these tubes that come out just below your armpits, right where your um, lymph nodes are. It's a drain. It's, it's literally your lymph nodes have been detached. And so it's the lymph fluid is draining into your body. So they have to put insert drains. It's tubing. They run all in your body, in your upper body, your breast area. And they're stapled in, stitched in to your body. And I have to wear, either attach them to these special... Uh, key fob things, uh, chains on my, around my neck for when I shower, or there's inserts in a bra that you slip that it, them into. And I had these drains for almost four weeks in my body. They were horrendous. I had to empty them and measure the fluid every single day. The, l the less of the fluid, the, the closer you are to getting them removed and getting your life back. I had to change dressing bandages, my, your whole, you know, your whole chest has been altered. I literally have a scar that goes from one underarm clear across my chest to another. It is very sobering 
to see. Um, but if you have a friend that has had this done, and I'm not saying you want to go to her and say, hey, lift up your shirt. No, don't, don't do that. But it's so traumatizing to see it that when this happens to you, you almost want to share it with someone. You just want to show it to someone else and have them look at it and go, wow, that's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like you just want some confirmation that it's not just you. That's outer limits, right? Uh, Now, I never did have no one look at me, but you know. So I can't do anything. I have to just lay around. And you have to understand, you can't sleep on your side. Because you have these drains literally coming out of your body right on your side. You can't sleep on your chest, obviously. So your only option is to sleep on your back. Four weeks. How well do you think I slept in four weeks? That's about right. That's about right. Woo! It was hard, y'all. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you this because I'm still alive and standing here today. And I want you to know that if you are going through something hard... You are not alone. Not only do you have the Lord who will carry you through. Can you imagine the burden I would have carried doing this alone? But you have people like me who have walked this road and can hold your hand. But you have to let us know that you're walking it. You see, we don't want to tell people. We're afraid to tell. We're afraid to talk about it. Afraid people don't want to listen. You have to talk about it till you find the one that does want to listen. Amen. We're out there. Now, during this time, I couldn't swim. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't hardly get up. I couldn't hardly, you know, the husband would, he would cook. God God bless him. He tried to cook. He really did. But I got to be honest. He was off maybe from work for probably two of those weeks or so. He probably made tacos 14 times. He did. God love him. God love good. Good thing boys don't mind eating the same thing over and over. But he was really there for me and helped me change my dressings, change my bandages, you know, all those things. But notice that I went from a pretty high and intense level of physical activity and competition to zero. And along with that, I couldn't swim anymore. I couldn't uh, lift weights. I, could, I couldn't get out on my bike because of the, you know, couldn't do a push-up, couldn't do a sit. I mean, I, I literally could not do anything. Well, that's what they told me. But it was about 10 days post-surgery, and I couldn't take it no more, y'all. Could not take it. So here's what I did. I still had those drains in, y'all. I put that they give you this super compressed bra and it has little inserts. Now, these inserts are for um, a prosthetic that you might want to put on. So where you wear a shirt, it looks like you, you know, you don't look no different than nobody else. But here's what I did, y'all. I put my drains in that. Yes, I did. I just put that bra on. I put those drains in and I went out. And I walked at first, then I jogged a little, and my friends were like, Shauna, you better stay at home. I'm like, you better stay yourself at home. I can't stay at home. I have to do something. I'm wasting away in there. But I will say, there was a, a, a hard struggle for me to go, what is the point? 
Why am I investing all these hours to end up where I am today? I mean, it was a real struggle. It was an inner struggle with me. It was a, it was a, a, a struggle in my mind to get my mind right. I had no motivation to compete anymore. I had no motivation. I literally did the bare minimum I had to do to keep my body from falling apart. It was very, very difficult. Now, on the lighter side, I did have probably just after I got the drains out, because I, I did not have the drains in, I was able to get in and see the liver specialist who told me, Mrs. Lopez, I see that you have been through a lot. I empathize with you. I'm here for you if you need to talk about anything like that. But I want to tell you, in no uncertain terms, absolutely for sure, your liver is 100% fine. You know what? Let me tell you, before I went into that appointment, I had been through so much, as, you, as you've just heard. Before I went into that appointment, I prayed, Lord, I ask you, I don't deserve it, but I ask you that if it's okay, that this doctor tell me in literally no uncertain terms, without a shadow of a doubt, that my liver is okay. You see, I will attach myself to little words they say. If they say, oh, you're good, but we're just going to keep an eye on it. I hear, we got to keep an eye on that. You understand? You, you hear me? Just, it, can I get a witness? So I wanted to walk into this appointment, and if it was okay, that there would be no word I could hang on to. And I'm telling you, God delivered above and beyond what I asked for. I left out of there. This was Halloween. You hear what I'm saying? This was Halloween, October 35. I walked out of there rejoicing, crying, tears of joy and happiness. And I, it, it, it and, and quite frankly, I was mentally and physically exhausted at that point. I just thought, oh, I can't take another, another thing. But I was so happy to hear that. However, it was hard. My body had changed so drastically, not just in appearance, but my range of motion had changed. My, you know, my, the muscles, they're all interconnected, your tendons and all those sorts of things. It, they were all affected. They were all affected. You know, I have those runner's hamstrings that are always tight anyway, ain't got no flexibility whatsoever. But post-surgery, it, it doubled and tripled. Like, I literally couldn't, and it hurts, and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to run any further than this mileage and that mileage. But as the time went on, I started breathing a little easier. I started seeing that there is life after this sort of traumatic event. I started remembering that God has given me a life to live. I read, I read this quote, y'all, that, and I literally just read it before I even recorded this. Y'all won't even believe it. I read this quote just the other day, and it struck me, and it's exactly what I needed to hear. But it said this, if you're afraid to live your life because you might die, then you've already died. And that's what I was doing. I was afraid of everything. Everything I was afraid of. Everything was going to kill me. 
I was afraid to do that. I was afraid to commit to a training plan because what if something else comes up? You know, we talked about in a subsequent episode, I, I want to go back to school. I, I was afraid, if I, what happens if I go back to school but some, something with my health comes up? What, what will I do? I had become so afraid of dying that I had stopped living, even though I had this surgery to save my life. Do you hear the irony in that? Can I get an amen? So, I'm telling you, when I read that, I thought, that is exactly what I'm doing. So I get up, and I join the gym. Remember, y'all? I posted that. Y'all can go back in my archives and listen to the gym episode when I went to the House of Pain. Y'all remember the House of Pain? Ooh, that's why I went. Because I wasn't doing it on my own. I needed to surround myself with people that would encourage me and get me there. You hear me? My muscle and my fitness level was at literally level zero. I went from the top of my game to level zero. But it's one step at a time. It's one step at a time. Over these last few weeks and months, my fitness has improved. My attitude has improved. Listen, these sorts of things, attitude is everything. Perspective is everything. The Lord Cuts me off at the knees sometimes. Does he you? Oh, he does me. And I'm so grateful for it. It hurts at the time. But I'm so grateful for it. Because it keeps my heart and my mind and my eyes humble. You know, I begin to think, maybe I can do something again. You know, it's hard starting from scratch. If you were one, you're thinking, I need to do something but you starting from scratch. You starting from the sofa. I get it. That's where I was. And I had been at the top. You hear me? And I'll never forget, I was watching the office. Y'all, come on. There's a lot of wisdom in the office. And Daryl said, you sitting on your biscuit because you don't want to risk it. Oh, Daryl, I was sitting on my biscuit because I didn't want to risk it. So I finally got up and I said, no, we're going to try. We're going to try. I looked up and I found a race. Now, listen, I used to do marathons, but I've never done, I've never ran a race any further than a marathon, 26.2 miles. That's a long way. Yes, amen. Now, I've ridden my bike. I've done some 80-mile races, 85-mile. You know, I've done some, some lengthy bike races, but I've never ran further than that. So I said, Shauna, if you're going to do it, you're going to go all the way. So there's a local race that is held October the 17th. It used to be in May. Here is God. Listen to this. Here is God. This race is scheduled for the beginning of May, typically. But with the quarantine happening, all that's going on, they moved it to October 17th. And I said, that's God. So sign me up. Now, they have all different types of distances, but there's two in particular that caught my eye. They have a 50K and a 50 miler. Oh, you said Shauna. You better pull back, Shauna. Can't be doing none of that at your age. You better watch me. You better watch me. I am flipping, flopping back and forth. Am I going to do 50 miles or a 50K? You say, Shauna, what's a 50K? I can't do that math in my head. 
A 50K is about 31 miles. Okay, so 31 miles or 50, 50 miles. You're like, ooh, what's the difference, right? <laughs> That's where I'm at. So I'm going to train. I'm currently training. I'm currently running. I got a training plan. I'm on it. And so if you follow me on all my social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that, I'm going to post regular real-life updates. Listen, I know what I said about posting your fitness updates. I, I still hold to that, right? I don't need your humble brag. I don't need your humble brag, okay? I'm going to be honest. What I, I, I'm going to tell you the ins and the outs. I'm going to tell you when this hurts and this is stupid, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'll get ready to post it. Why? Because I want you to know that it does not always feel good to get up and move. But it's always good for you when you do it. Yes? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it. I'm going to have a video log of it. I want you all to follow me so you can keep up with me. Because remember, this race is almost a year to the day from my surgery. So we're going to rejoice together. I have a friend who I love very dearly. I've known him for more than 20 years. And uh, he's a runner, and he does all kinds of crazy running. Y'all don't even, I can't even tell y'all. But he always posts, when he posts pictures of himself at these different races, these different distances, his hashtag is always, don't die wondering. God, I love that so much. I want you sitting at home. Don't die wondering. You hear me? Don't die wondering what you could do. Get up and see what you can do. Do what you can do. So race is October 17th. So follow me because I'm going to post pictures of my updates. I'm going to post pictures of my progress. Um, Last week was a 16 mile, my long run. You have one long run a week. Last week it was 16. I cut it back. This week is going to be 15. I'm going to be posting pictures of how that goes, posting little vlogs. I will say that um, I have follow-up appointments, doctor's appointments in August, September, and October, different ones, okay? So I, got, I, I have to go and see these. So in August, that'll be to check my lymph nodes. I had a little bit of a questionable trouble with my lymph nodes back in February. You know, they've been affected. And so we have to keep a, a, a very close eye on them. So pray for that. I'll, I'll keep you all updated on that appointment's in August. My GYN, I know, but that's in September. And we got to keep an eye on that because, you know, all of these sort of things are interrelated and intertwined. And then finally, in October, just before the race, I have uh, a follow-up with my surgeon. So we're going to Make sure everything is still aligned. So be with me there. Pray with me. Stand with me before God that the Lord would keep me healthy and able to finish this race. Now, I will say, I got I to give you all a couple updates. We're going to try to turn the tide here, get a little light. You know, I got, a, I got a whole new body. You hear me? I got a whole new body. It's not the same as it was. And I used to have to fool with all those uh, sports bras, all this stuff. I'm going to be honest. You hear me? Hear me when I tell you this. I'm free as a bird now. Ooh, I'm free as a bird. I don't bother with those things no more. Uh-uh. I am free as a bird. That's what, my nickname now is Birdie. That's right. Y'all see me call me Birdie because I am free as a bird now. I do not have the hindrance of the sports bra or the regular bra. None of that. Y'all come home at night. Y'all take it off. You feel, ooh, ah, I feel like that all the time, 24-7. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Hey, I know, like when I'm out running, 
I know people are looking at me like, is that a girl? Is that a boy? I don't know. I can't tell. It, ooh, do we, I, you know, they're like, I can tell, especially, especially those people that sort of lean to the left. They're like, I, I want to be, is that, you know, I want to be gender approving and I want to, you know, are, are you transitioning? I mean, what, I'm saying people look at me like that. I know they have those questions. I know they have questions. Ooh. Speaking of, speaking of my running, ooh, y'all. If you listened a couple weeks ago when I talked about the crime doc, was that last week? I can't remember. I can't keep up with my own cell. So I talked about the crime docs, and I talk about, like, I listen to them all the time. When I'm running, I have the crime doc podcast playing, right? And remember when I told y'all about those old ladies that drove by me? And I yelled out, you're supposed to ride your bike. It's illegal. Ride your bike on the sidewalk. That nonsense I said to them. Y'all remember that? My foolery. Because they startled me, right? Let me tell you what happened today. Today. I'm running. Minding my own beeswax. You hear me? So I'm running. Just tooting along. And the sun is bright and the sky can't see. I'm probably about four or five miles into my run. I ran 10 miles today. That's right. That's not a humble brag. That's a full on brag. I ran 10 miles today. And I was probably about, uh, you know, a third of the way through. And these ladies, I couldn't see these, that people were even walking by me. I was happened to be uh, at my neighborhood parking. So these people were walking by me and I couldn't see, normally I'm just in the zone. And they reached out and stopped me and I couldn't see their faces because of the sun. And they said, were you the one that spoke to us on the sidewalk? Were you the one that told us it was illegal? And I was processing it, and I realized, because I'm seeing them now, who they were, what they're saying to me. And I said, well, I would never tell anyone that they couldn't ride on the sidewalk, so I, I know I didn't tell you that, but I did mention that it is not legal to ride your bike. They said, listen what they said to me. They said, well, we contacted an attorney, and we looked it up, and you are wrong. I said, what, what, what is happening? What, I, what is happening? I said, well, I disagree. You are wrong. And let me tell you something. Should I have said that to them? No, of course not. They startled me. And I said, we talked about that two weeks ago. But you mean to tell me, old ladies, that you're going to stop me in the middle of my workout when I was minding my own? business so that you can tell a perfect stranger that you are right and they are wrong that, is that what happened is this what just happened I think so and they had those fake evil smiles on all the fake piety Ooh, I can't stand that well we just thought you'd want to know no you wanted to tell a perfect stranger that you were right and they were wrong that's what you wanted to do you wasted my time can you believe that Ooh. Can we all agree, show of hands, that I should not have said that initially? Turns out, I don't even care if, if it's legal or not. You shouldn't be riding your bike on the sidewalk coming up behind someone, making me do the kung fu, thinking I'm being attacked. You give me PTSD, old ladies. They did, though, y'all. They stopped me just to tell me I was wrong, y'all. What in the world is this world coming to? I'm like, hey. At your age, y'all should be, isn't it required y'all wear a mask anyway? Well, I said it. No, I didn't say that, but I sure did think it. Yes, I did. 
Y'all, this happens to me. This is what happens in my life. Woo, listen. I lay all my healing, I lay all the trauma that I have lived through in my life at the feet of Jesus. I give glory to God alone for where I am and what I have today. I want you to know that you can have this too, that it is not out of your reach, but you have to know how to get it. And I want you to visit needgod.com. That will help you. That will show you what the gospel is and how you can obtain the life-saving hope that comes in believing in Jesus Christ. You can also visit my website, seriouslyshauna.com. My testimony is there. If you click on the link below my testimony, our family testimony is there. You will be encouraged. You will be uplifted. And more importantly, you will know what it is to have faith and belief in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, we got a whole lot coming up. I'm going to keep you updated. I want y'all to email me, Shauna, at seriouslyshaunapodcast.com. Tell me what you're doing. What are you doing today? Don't die wondering. Do not be so afraid of dying that you're no longer living. Well, I've kept you all way longer than I normally do. And you know I got stuff to do. You hear me? I got stuff to do. We're open 50% capacity right now. I got to get out into the world. So I love you. I ain't above you, but I have had enough of you. Until next time.